Hello, I'm Tom Johnson, and I love two locks and a cox. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X. Welcome to episode seven. That's um, Craig Rebel Horwood's best friend, Len Goodman, of Two Locks and a Cox with myself, Chris Bentley, the narcissist of rugby, Ian Dunstan, and the dame of the realm, Sarah Cox. On the field, Chiefs take the honours of the Devon Cornwall Derby. The Rugby World Cup rungles on with England starting to conflate a few opinions. Local roundup, off the field, Red Roses coming back to Sandy Park this weekend and in the bin, Wasps new shareholders taking over Worcester as the bait rumbles on. Two locks and a cox. Where are we going to start? We're going to start with your Waitrose well, you can't, I, car park experience. You asked what happened. So I said, he said, have you had a good morning? Because that's what we do. We didn't talk about the weather, which is awful. I said, yeah, I had to take my son into the rd He's having a op, having his, he's a collision of his tarsal that's being broken next week. So then I had an hour to kill. So I went and bought some sushi for Waitrose and went and, went and charged my Tesla. Which and you apparently, called me honestly, the day. The Metropolitan Liberal Elite have spoken. But that's exactly <laughs> what he sat here with his iPad but that's exactly what happened I went and did that I should have brought my Porsche then I wouldn't need it to charge and then my Giorgio Armani glasses (laughs) what's the what's the metatarsal of his patoodle that's being done so it's a collision it's where the the bottom of your foot fuses with your ankle and you don't have uh, the sort of the motion within this why has he done that it's from birth, apparently. Oh, so it's not like a rugby thing? Or no, 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 unfortunately not. It's something, it's one of the other genetic, genetic things I gave him. Oh. Gave my middle one diabetes, so, you know, <laughs> the bot- the youngest one getting a bad foot isn't too bad, is he? I mean, I've got a genetic mutation in my knee. There, I've got this, look. Is that why you run? Is that why you run? There's a bone spur, and uh, my, my granddad had a little one. My dad had a bigger one. I've got an even bigger one, so I'm waiting for my son. He's probably going to have this like a third leg. Amazing. He runs exactly like you as well. Yeah. Yeah, the like only a, the only reason we like know a, you've changed speed is your knees get higher. Like a dominator, like the, <laughs> like like a gazelle. Yeah, okay, come on, let's move on from that one there. Yeah, all right, so, so speaking, I'm of, supposed to be the narcissist when it's not all about you, Chris. Speaking of gazelles, Exeter Chiefs played the Cornish Pirates in what traditionally is a big fixture, and the Exeter Chiefs ran away winners. Uh, any thoughts on the game? I think it was a very different up to half time, wasn't it? Very, very different. Oh, sorry, Ian's got a phone call coming in on his iWatch. There you go, <laughs> Metropolitan Liberally <laughs> carrying on. It's not uh, just yeah. a normal Apple Watch, this no, it is wasn't. the Ultra. There, there was... <laughs> oh, Jesus, what? <laughs> so there was an interception that put the Pirates ahead, and then it did, did, did seem to be level pegging, and it was Chief Conditioning at the end, won the game. Fitness, that's what we talked about all the way through, isn't it? We talked about anyone can play rugby for a half, and that does I don't mean that in an insulting way, it's just it takes a while to break down a really well-structured defence that most sides are, co- are coached into, and the, the, the gaps start to appear when certain people start to get unfit, people are over-chasing balls, you lose your line speed, and then the, 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 sort of the, the better team runs away with the game. I'm quietly confident with the Chiefs, though, looking at the result. They're, they're looking strong. They're I, looking strong. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there was a lot of naysayers and what have you. And, and Baxter said, you know, we're going to bloody a few noses. And I think going with the gun team from the off, when the Premiership starts in its in its right, Chiefs are going to be four or five games season. They're going to know the combinations. I think Slady's going to move to ten. Uh, I think we're going. To, I think we're going to see Slade, Devoto, Hawkins as the Chiefs midfield, which is wow. We, mm. That's quite daunting. Yeah, um, Devo is a big man. Uh, yeah, so for for a back, he's what six four, so it looks me yeah. straight in the eye, and he's what seventeen stone. Yeah, and and I, I quite like Russ Tumia taking the, the the French system of um, a massive right sided lock. So like Romain Tafafina or Will Emza, he's ne- not necessarily going to be winning you many lineouts, but he's huge at, at scrum time, and he's just going to 
smash things. Hasn't it almost gone full circle now with second rowers? So wasn't it wasn't it in your day they started to the tell hybrid, you the lock Lucy yeah to start now, trimming up yeah. and now they've gone back full circle yeah, again we want the weights but, and... but, but the right side of the scrum is that important and and if you've got a ginormous tight head and a ginormous lock physics dictates if the angles are right they go forward. You're yeah. there, aren't you, though? So, you know, yeah, Will Skelton for Australia yeah. there. Simon Shaw, the England legend, you know, he carried yeah. on playing till he was like 60. Yeah, he's still going. Yeah. He's not. I had a phone conversation with Pete Scrivener from um, Wasps Legends because I'm, I'm keen to, to, to formalise the Chiefs past players. I've got 120 lads in a past players group that, that from, from when I joined the club in 2004 onwards. Uh, and, then, and then we've got Ian Pugsley and, and, and some other guys that go back in time. And we're trying to. I'm trying to formalise that a bit more because wasps are amazing. They have a, they have a golf classic overseas. Um, they, they turn up at rugby clubs and play charity games and what have you. And I think that we're now in a position where there's enough celebrity within some of the Chiefs alumni that we can do stuff like that. Um, when you look at some of our more recent past players, especially. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of England caps smattered throughout there now, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. And some lions as well. Yeah. So that's but, great. But it's, it's not necessarily playing; it's just doing things. But but back to the Chiefs. Back yes. to the Chiefs. You know, I'm, I I really am quite excited to see how they go. And it it was interesting to see. It wasn't a mega crowd turned out. They the, the listed at eight thousand, but the Pirates, um, the, they certainly upset the apple cart for a bit, and then Chiefs saw it through. I think I think that's pretty much the the championship versus the Premiership side of things. Um, it's not though, is it? Well, not looking saying, at well, the other games. Well, well, no, Ealing, no. Ealing and Jersey, are, yeah, and we've got, Chiefs have got Ealing this week, haven't they? Yeah, Ealing are looking very strong. Uh, very Chiefs have strong. got Jersey, haven't they? Oh, Jersey, there oh, you go. Jersey, yeah, yeah, in Jersey. Jersey. I was in, in Jersey. Jersey. Oh, yeah. well, then Baxter's probably got them lined up for a nice social. I saw on one of the forums this guy go, "Wow, who knew Jersey had a, a rugby team?" And the guy below, oh, but God. pretty much everybody did. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy was, quite a Bath, some years he now. was a Bath supporter, so you'd have thought he'd have known. We you know one of Bath's great kids, Matt Banahan, yeah. came from Jersey. Used Correct. to, used to, he was a, a nearly a semi-pro boxer out there. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't box. He just played rugby. But mm-hmm. apparently, that was the same thing for them back do, then. Do you know Banahan's with um, the Scottish women, women now? Yeah. yeah, what an addition! Yeah, and Matt Kavezic has just gone to Worcester. Yeah, women. I saw this Breakdown as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I saw Matt on the weekend because I had the uh, Quinn's Coventry game, mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was oh, very. Well, how did that go? 21-21. Draw? Yeah. Mate, yeah. cover. How'd you manage that? That sounds more like a charity game. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna ref's going to even this one up. Oh, God, no, no, no. no Cov, not at Cov, all. Cover, Cov, Jersey and Ealing especially, um, they're going toe-to-toe with the Prem teams and beating them. Yeah, so so it was um, a little bit of a a sort of um, dampened down Harlequin side. Right. Um, Were you they, in the middle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they... Um, they said before before they kicked off they were looking at that sort of the academy guys to push through now whilst or they're whilst they're bringing back the the big guns mm-hmm. if you like um and they want some of them to to prove themselves and and get themselves spots in the team so um it was basically two teams that went toe to toe with each other and in doing that sometimes brings a lot of unstructured rugby so it was at times very chaotic um are you going to have a moan about it being loose again and not being fit enough Cox, no, no, not at this. all. You've got to work up your CV. Not at all. No, uh, each half, each half lasted about fifty-five minutes. Oh, <laughs> this was something I saw. Um, someone saying they were at an international rugby. It was on Twitter somewhere. International rugby within the next few years is going to go to quarters. Really? Yeah, because of the speed of the game and 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 the way the way it's working, we're going to start looking at bringing quarters in. It was just, it was almost just it was doing someone floating a concept because you, yeah. you, you're having the, the, the breaks. But in France, anywhere. we're having all the water breaks because the temperature. So it's, it's not so far hot. off, though. Yeah. It's so hot. You were you, out there, weren't you? 
Yeah, I went out in France. Good God. What, like, were, you do- what were you doing? Uh, I was doing some stuff for, for World Rugby at the time. Um, and oh, honestly, I don't know how people play rugby in the summer. There's a reason I don't do the sevens anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's only seven minutes each way, let alone then throw in 80 minutes with the possibility of a bit more oh, at each this, end. This chat about summer rugby, get in the bin. Like, oh. Rugby union is, is, is a game for all shapes and sizes. You need to play in the winter. You need muddy pitches. It needs to be cold. There needs to be a bit of stoicism about rocking out in the pouring horizontal rain. It's character building. And anyone that talks about summer rugby because it's better skills. But if you, no, if you think about rugby it. Rugby union is a game that's not... Skills is important. But summer rugby. <laughs> but skills is important, but rugby is importanter. Correct. Is that what yes, you correct. Yes. That's was, exactly what he was going to say. That's where I was going. Um, summer rugby is evil. I played a, a season of rugby or a few seasons of rugby league over the summer. You just finished with scabs and scars over every single single knee, elbow, no. everything. Horrendous. No. No. Yeah, yeah, summer rugby is, and the, pit, the pitches are like concrete. They are. And yeah. you're like, oh. Yeah. If the pitch was too hard, we went and played on the tarmac car park, which was softer. <laughs> <laughs> it wow. might, some of the pitches, honestly. That's what some it felt of them. like. No, I like... I think these the games like like we say is, is we've got two teams we've got Premiership and, and Championship that are almost even them, themselves up a little bit. So we said last week that we we thought or Chris you said that you thought it was making a bit of a mockery of the league. You're now getting these tighter scores and you're getting um, like you say Championship sides pushing Premiership sides a little bit more. I, I think if it keeps going like this, Prem I think two. it's a, maybe Prem two. maybe it's happening. Look at him, he's got some insider here. I remember playing in Allied Dunbar Premiership 2 25 years ago. Oh, you're still clinging on to that, aren't you? No, no, but but, now it just goes through cycles. We've said about second rows, it used to be you wanted a massive second row, then it went to all hybrid second rows, now going back to massive second rows. We used to have two Premier Leagues, then we went away to a single Premier League, it was all about the pinnacle, now we're going back to two Premier... It just just cycles Yeah, it does. It's like fashion, it all comes back round again. And speaking, speaking about coming back no. round again into the Rugby World Cup, England, pretty boring, but I'm starting to, I'm genuinely starting to think England could do something in this World Cup now, <laughs> even though I'm Welsh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's still Llewellyn, Welsh. I'm still Llewellyn Welsh. Bentley over yeah, Christopher Llewellyn Bentley. Well, oh, wow. do you know what was, we were talking about that? Um, <laughs> Elliot Daly got caught by, by a second row. The second row. That, that, and it was when you were talking about Chiefs, you watch uh, some of the gas. I mean, Josh Hodge has just got, hmm. you know, pace it's for... the step. Pace for days, though. It's the step. And it's very frightening as a referee where mm-hmm. you're trying to get out of the way and you don't know which side he's going to step off. Josh you just Hodge. You're, you're almost at a point where you're going to stop, drop and roll just to mm. get out of the way of him. <laughs> just stand still. So they outstep themselves, step once, step twice, and then run straight yeah, but, into but, you. The, the Hodge, Hodge's generation of pace... Is from a standing start, it's just it, like it, it's almost Chiefs almost want to manufacture Hodge having the outside edge to go at because he's that fast. It's exciting, but England England don't seem to have that. With um, uh, centrally contacted uh, Watson out, where's he going to surface? Any old Leicester, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> With his that, central... that, was, that was the RFU making a mega mistake. But... Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and guess what? Karma <laughs> kicked in. And I'm, I do really feel sorry. I love him as a player because he, he never accepts the tackle. Mm. He always goes beyond his everything else. And it's a real shame to England that he's out. Uh, just a chance for another dig at that central contract mm. and corruption. Anyway, so yeah, why did Daly wow. get caught by a winger? Why did a winger well, the, get the caught by the, ang- the second row of the angle on him? Da- look, Daly's quick, and the, the, the more the more concern is England are playing this hugely limited game plan. But that so, uh, again, I, I, I consume huge amounts of rugby media, and someone said England are just so bloody stubborn. They're such a stubborn team now, and 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 they've had so many people. And I'm one of the naysayers, and you you, you know they're going to get qualified from the pool now. You know, Samoa might bloody their nose a bit, but England are getting out of the pool. Yeah. They're then going to play Fiji. 
Australia or Wales in a quarterfinal. All three of those are rated below England in the world rankings. And I think England will probably end up getting Fiji. And I think they'll exercise the demon. They beat Fiji. Then they're into a semi-final. They have momentum. They're playing dull, horrible rugby. But nonetheless, I still think that... I, I honestly think England could be in the, the World Cup final again. And, and, and it's terrible but because the game is in a bit of a malaise in England. But I think just stubbornness and the way they play and the fact that it's all about building pressure and Courtney Laws, if Courtney Laws stays fit, his line-out work and his line-out defence is phenomenal. And England will be kicking corners, Laws can be disrupting line-outs and suddenly England are in pressure positions kicking goals. Yeah, ben Earl, though, that work rate, I mean... Ben Earl, uh, put him in a bin. Put him in a bin. Why? Why? Oh, we've won a knock-on. Yes, we've won a knock-on! <laughs> But yeah. if that's what it takes to motivate yeah, exactly. a performance like that. He ran more metres. If, if it was targeted at his teammates and himself, I'd go with it. But the amount of times he looks at the opponents and celebrates, and it's it's Saracens, and you, you can bleep this out, it's shousery of the highest degree. I mean, I can see where right, you're coming The rugby gods just got really upset with me. But yeah, it you is. did, yeah. It's, and the thing was, it used to be in rugby union, if somebody did that, you'd then go and thump them. And you can't do that well, now. you can't and do that. The referees have to get strong on this because... It's goading. It's they're not. You don't celebrate a knock on as much as that, or, or, or you know, even a penalty turnover. You might go yes, but you don't go yes. Why, does, so why is it my responsibility to stop him? Because it used to be the players could stop him. If you do that, mate, I'm going to punch you in the face. No, and now it's like, well, you can't do that. So okay, he's goading me. He's winding me up. That any, sounds like anybody a who ever warns someone they're going to punch them in the face will never ever do no, it. No, I didn't say. I didn't say I'd, I'd warn them. I just go and hit them and oh, say, good, if good. you want to, I'll tell you what, celebrate. That pal, yeah. Well, we had we had a preseason. To, to be fair, we had a preseason game, um, extra Bristol, yeah. um, and again I was in the middle, and the same thing happened. We got a little bit overzealous with the um, celebrations mm. after winning a scrum penalty, yeah. and I reversed the penalty. Yeah. Yes. Damn sure that they didn't do that again, but, weren't but, they? Yeah. No, but, but for me, that's where it needs to go. I think I think the official because because rugby union players can't solve the problems as it were, and I am old school. The goading and the winding up—it's not a celebratory. They're not celebrating the moment. They're trying to goad the opponents into into play, into going off their game. That's my personal inflection on this, and it's just gone a bit too much. And and, and everyone on Twitter's going on about it, and I and I'm I'm quite strong on this because oh, used to there be, he goes. Chris is getting his opinion from Twitter again. No, I have my opinion, but I'm just seeing everybody talking about Ben Earl's celebration. That's because you're looking for it, because it's your opinion, you're looking for it. I don't have a problem with it massively, it's a bit knobbish, but if he wants to do it, then he can crack on and do it. The fact is, he was England's, by far, England's best player. He's a cracking player, and he's one of the few players in the England team that excites and and infuses me, but then he goes and does that, you're like, mate, it's just a knock-on. Like, I think, come on, come I, think I think like like Ian says, if it, if that's what it takes to get the team motivated and people moving, okay, fine. If you're stood over the top of an opposition and you're doing it in people's faces, yeah, mm. different story. However, if you want to if you want to expel that much energy on screaming about a a knock on in where your voice gets lost in tens of thousands of people, go for it, pal. <laughs> I've just realised as well as being a narcissist, I'm a hypocrite because I hate, <laughs> hate, hate a Sandy Park, the knock-on song when they sing that mm. really irritates me. What's the me. knock-on song? Have you never heard it? He knocked it on, he knocked it on. He knocked it on. It's to the Marseillaise, oh, wow. to the French National Anthem. Oh. They sing, they knocked it on over in the in the sheddy bit. Um, oh, wow. the, li- the library, the library. they call it, sorry. Okay. Um, uh, Shout-out like to the library gang. Yeah, it's like, wow, what are you singing that for? He knows he's knocked it on. He's already, you know, going to cry over his cornfield in the morning don't sing a song and wind them up even more okay soapbox done um, can I just about- do a quick shout out 
Go on. So the game on the weekend, there was a fine gentleman in the crowd that decided he wanted to part with his opinion on my refereeing. Um, and he was leaning over the tunnel from Coventry and he was screaming some rather unsavoury things at me. I've never seen a steward run and move so quickly from point A to where that person was and frog march him. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Gone it's, to the stadium? Out he went. Oh, wow. And I was like, he, listened, he obviously listened to the pod. He listened yeah. to the pod. <laughs> He'd heard how tense you were last week. Yeah. yeah. You need you need you needed a, um, a Snickers because you're no, a right I, diva when you're hungry. Constantly. Oh, I no, I I was all, I'm all right. Other chocolate bars right are available. Yeah, yeah, other brands are available. Yeah. Um, no, I I think fair play. So I spoke to him afterwards, um, and I said it's people like you that make my job easier because you're telling people that that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And you know this gentleman had quite clearly never seen a rugby pitch before, um, and hadn't done for quite some years. So. I don't see how you can then part with your your opinions on my performance. I think the fact that the the steward clocked this and did something about it was fair play to him. We'll tag we'll tag Harlequins um, when we put this live just to make sure that the steward gets the notice <laughs> that uh, 17 minutes in Sarah Cox gave him um, plaudits. But with regards to plaudits, how about Fiji beating Australia? Unbelievable game. Yeah, I see. Simon oh. Simon Rivaluwe is is the archetypal old school big right sided lock, and he's come in as the head coach of Fiji, and he's given them that pragmatism beyond traditional Elif- Fiji. Hell of a coaching team as well. Oh yes, Dave Sylvester, ex- Exmouth's own Dave Sylvester. Yeah. I, was, I was quiet then just because I was Tweety smiling, pie. just because you made me smile because uh-huh. just it was like thinking back to it, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, the fitness. I mean, tweets Dave Sylvester, legend, former Royal Marine. Uh, and there's nothing he doesn't know about nutrition and fitness. He's been marching them up and down hills of mud in Fiji for the last however long. Singing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They love to sing. Just, yeah. Right, so I was at, uh, I was at a Sevens tournament um, one year and they were in the same hotel, but they were in the floor above me at 5.30am every morning. They were harmonised and singing, and which is wonderful. And it's, it's a fantastic thing to hear, but at 5.30 in the morning, it's a little bit much. What were you up, eating your first breakfast, not then, or...? No, n- no, <laughs> no. No, you're not a morning person, no, are I you? Am not. <laughs> no, I am not. Is it before 11? Yeah. <laughs> Is it before 12? 12. <laughs> They've also got Glenn Jackson working with them, the oh, ex-referee the and Saracen's player. Saracen's fly-off Kiwi boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and in the background, there's still my hero of rugby union, Mark Evans, who's sort of running the Fiji Drew and he's gone over there. Unholy Union, him and Michael Aylwin, cracking book. Um, everyone that hasn't read it, if you like rugby, get it, read it. It's phenomenal. So they're, they're putting the infrastructure in place. And Evan said he thought it was four years too early for Fiji. They're, they're going to go for it next time. But well, they've struggled the with funding, haven't they? Before, I mean, for the years and years, all these uh, all these sites have. That was Marley just having a good old shake. Then Marley is uh, Brad the Rugby God's dog, who's really quite cute. Yeah, I've got a little um, mascot today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he keeps coming round for cuddles. Yeah, and um, the the dog, not Chris. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, so they've got money, they've got funding, they put together this amazing team. They, they've taken you know, tweets from from. Um, uh, well, tweets uh, has made a big difference because the Fijians normally would fall off in the last ten minutes. Yeah. And they, they're actually finishing stronger. Well, we saw them at, at the Olympics, and especially their female side as well. Their fitness jumped 
like massively. So whatever they're doing, it's diet, it's, it's work, education. It's of unbelievable. Diet. Do you remember when Chad Slade went AWOL before one chief season? He went home for a while, didn't he? He's not for gym, but went back mm. to the islands and he came back. How many kilos oh, heavier? Yeah, ridiculous. It, it was, was Polynesians. Just, the Polynesians they, just they can just have a big summer and just yeah. yeah. So very big. I think it's education of, of, of the fitness. And you see Randrandra afterwards. Oh, man, he is in unbelievable he's, he's shape. pretty physical. For mine, it was the tight head. It's, the, it's the, the athleticism of the tight head. The engine on him. That he can play all game. He scrummages like a boss. You know, they're, they're winning scrums. They're kicking the corners and they're playing some pretty impressive rugby. And, and it's going to be lovely to see the, the hit out take place Wales Australia that's going to be a mega game and obviously Ireland and South Africa as well which I think South Africa are going to win with their seven one bench and then Scotland are going to be Ireland and Ireland not getting out of the pool. Wow yeah, seven one this mention again the the whole thing of it it's like oh come on if they want to put eight forwards on the bench there's nothing stopping them doing it in the law is it I think the only law they have to do is they have to have a full front row replacement and one extra front row. Yeah but you look at it, the guys like B- Bottier he can he can legitimately play Test match rugby as a back row or as a centre. And and the South Africans, Quagga Smith, you could feasibly chuck him on the wing or uh, inside centre. You know, there are guys that we're getting more and more into this world where there's rugby. Well, we're talking about the specialist right-sided second row, but on the flip, we're, we're also getting into um, Jack Vermeulen for Chiefs. He wears seven on his back. There's no way he's a seven. He's big as me. He's huge. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah. It's a big old boy. It's I had to tell him off the other day. Oh, did you? <laughs> How did that go? And I, I'm, I'm like, I'm fairly tall. Uh, but I'm stood on like basically underneath, and I'm I'm sort of looking up at him, and I'm saying, "You do that again, and I'm going to remove you from this pitch." <laughs> and I, <laughs> bless him, he turned around. So, sorry about that, Coxie. It's, a, it's amazing. I thought this is going to go one or two ways, <laughs> and I could be in a lot of trouble. No, you knew it was only, only going to go one way, wasn't it? Yeah. He's, yeah, he was a very polite man, yeah. very like very respectful, and very happy to to be playing rugby. So I think he was more than happy to sit, stick his hand up and say sorry about that. But we, I won't out. repeat what he said. But <laughs> I thought if you do what you've just said, there's, there's going to be a death. <laughs> we went out last year, me, Yanis, and Jack, and it was like that. I was the small one. It actually felt for a change, like they were my uh, my. I bounces and not the other way around. Oh, whatever. Uh, you, yeah. you quite like that, didn't you? You said, what? let's go to Waitrose and get some sushi, <laughs> boys. <laughs> and sit in my Tesla. Sit in my Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went off in the G-Wagon for that one. <laughs> protect, protect the asset. Yeah. Guys, I'm the asset. Look after me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nice. Right, quickly move on before this goes okay, anywhere. So, well, then local rugby. Um, again, look, I'm... Uh, I love Rugby Union and I've, I've got nothing to do with any clubs formally now. National One is just delivering games upon games. Plymouth Albion went to Bishop Stortford. Bishop's had a penalty kick with a last play to level it, missed just short. And then I don't know if you saw the video from Darlington. Cinderford played Darlington. Yeah, what, what, what was that nausey comment wow. you put underneath? I was like, oh. Mate, National One is the most entertaining league for Rugby Union. That's it. Said Chris Bentley. Yeah. Well, I, I believe so. Bentley I think, I think if you if you If you go impartial and just go and watch it and go, is this is this providing drama? Is this excitement? Am I enthused by what's going on? Is the high levels of skill? Yes. It's pure I, rugby. It's, it's like university rugby. It's pure. It's, th- th- there's an innocence to it because the teams are not so heavily coached that Alex Mitchell gets a turnover in the J- Japanese half and does a box kick, which is totally against what you know Alex Mitchell wants to do, but his coaches have told him to do that. Yeah. National one, you get a fullback who gets five defenders running at him, got the underlap and goes... I'm having a go. Yeah. Or, or you'll have a tight head prop that thinks he's a scrum half that's going in throwing passes and things go wrong. And it's it's exemplified with... Um, exemplified? Yeah, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. That's all right. Um, Darlington, Moden, Plark were playing at home against Cinderford. Cinderford went for a penalty to win the game 
Uh, have you ever been to Cinderford's ground? Yes, I have. I went. It was fascinating my, place. Uh, yes, I had. I, I got in all Behind sorts of trouble. Behind the co-op. I got in all sorts of trouble <laughs> at Cinderford, and I'll tell you about that after this. Oh God. Um, well, on the pod or after the pod? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> on the pod. Where we'll, are we? Yeah, with this on the pod. One. Um, Cinderford go for the penalty to win the game. Penalty misses to the side. Second row is under the post. Catches the ball. Goes. Let's have a go, lads. From yeah. the dead ball, runs it. They, they they run through um, three pairs of hands and score a try to win the game. No. Referee it then goes full-time. It's brilliant. <laughs> Unreal. It's and, brilliant. And that, but that's typical of National 1 because yeah, the teams, yeah. teams aren't risk... Of, they're not risk-averse. They're like, you know what, we'll have a go. Sure. I had, I had they're, the same. They're, they're, their livelihood doesn't depend on winning and losing. So they're, they're going to play because, like, let's have a go. I had, I had the same down in um, Red Roost. It does its rounds every now and again, this mm. little clip. It was the worst day ever. Um, the, the rain was running down the lines. And mm. if you've ever been to Red Roost, it's on a slight... Hellfire corner. Yeah, hellfire corner. Hell it's on a slight waits. tilt. The problem was we used to go with Chiefs and they were like, hellfire waits. No, not really, lads. No, no. It's like, it's like a miniature version of Bedford's pitch, that, that yeah. tilt. And um, this guy, exactly the same as what what you're saying, he's like, I'm gonna have a go at this. Does a little chip over as well. Honestly, we went from one one end of the pitch to the other and mm. scoring. It was fabulous, yeah. fabulous. Because, like you say, it's just raw, pure rugby. I've looked up. There it is. Well, I'm but, going but this for it. Is professionalism. The stakes are high. Yeah, the stakes are high. And it's money's your job. involved. It's your livelihood. Yeah. Money's involved. Semi-pro lads at national one. There's there's remuneration. Lads bit, are getting paid. Yeah. But it's not do or die. Yeah. Your life doesn't depend on it. So guys are just doing... Uh, rugby is perfectly imperfect. You know, we've, we've, yeah. we've spoken about the challenge with um, the referees and interpretations. The game is imperfect. Yeah. It can never be perfect. You can't have a perfect game. So National 1, you get these games that are perfectly imperfect and you get just brain explosions everywhere and lads having a go. And, 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 and there are, But there's enough skill that it's not just a, a massive dogfight. Yeah. So, so I implore anybody go. You know, Taunton Titans are just up the road. Plymouth Albion, um, go and watch these teams play. They're ace. It's so much fun. Um, and that, that's my local. That's my piece on local rugby. Sydney Rugby Club. Uh, last oh, year, God. I was the com- I was the commercial director of Plymouth Albion, and um, we went to Sydney early in the season, and it was my first trip as an Alakadu. So I wore my yellow chinos. And um, they was, are hideous, by and the I was, way. <laughs> they are. I was hideous. at the front of the bus. With, with your I pink. was fighting. I was fighting every instinct because I've been social second chiefs for five years, and I used to do a lot with with Exmouth when I was with them. And I would sit at the back of the bus in the centre, and I was like, I'm at the front of the bus. I'm fighting everything. I'm there. Get to Cinderford Rugby Club, and the committee come out, welcome, and we're sat and we're having our dignitaries. Oh, and they go, Oh, God, would you I like a drink? I know where this is oh, going. I'll have a, a <laughs> haze, please. Oh, there you go. <laughs> if you want any more, just go and ask from the bar. What free bar? Oh, for committee, obviously. So, <laughs> oh, I, so I. And then we've we've gone in the we've gone to watch the game and Cinderford have got George Porter, the prop, um, who's played top level with Gloucester and what have you, and Sean Knight, who's played with um, Bath and Gloucester as well, prop. So they, they've got a decent team. And Plymouth goes seventeen points up. Oh, they don't like it up, them lads. So I'm in the crowd. You know, I've had a few drinks. Three oh, sheets. No. You were also like nineteen octaves higher and louder than everyone Everybody else. In the world. So, so about like seven or eight, about seven or eight Cinderford old boys get into this. So we start having a bit of crack in the crowd. Um, and uh, I said, that "We're going to beat you, lads. And if we don't, I'll buy you all drinks." So anyway, sit, I was sit. on the free bar. <laughs> Last last play, last play of the game. Cinder, last play of the game. Cinderford win, so I take it on the chin. No worries, lads. Fair dues. So go in the bar after, and uh, some old committee man from Cinderford is uh, on the microphone, and he's struggling. The room's full. Everyone's buzzing. You know, it was a good game of rugby, and I, and I like a microphone and I like a crowd. So give me the mic. So right, ladies, if you hear me, please say shush. Get total silence in the room. Right, you lot from Cinderford, well played today. You've won the game, but um, this this is the third half now, and uh, this is my first ever journey as a committee man. 
I'd like to challenge your finest drinker to come here and take me on in a traditional boat race. And they all look around and then George Porter, the tight head prop goes, I'm in. And he comes across. <laughs> Honestly, like I got, a, I got a three and a half second you ball. I can see a pint off well. Mm. George just opened his gullet and poured it in. The whole place went into bloody raptures. Yeah, we beat you in the third half. Oh, oh, I'll take that one amazing. on the chin. That was my Cinderford story. That's not the first time your mouth's got you in trouble, is it? No, no. Rice will be here all day. No, uh, local rugby, though, local rugby. So local rugby. How did yeah. Exmouth go? Wow. Well, Southwest one. Let's go through that. So we've got you know the, it's a great league. Twelve teams in there, all pretty much local. Uh, top three of all, all three from three: Chew Valley, Devonport, Services, and Exmouth. Nicely, Devonport. They're fairly new into it, all with fifteen points. And then uh, right down the bottom, you've got some sides that are struggling a little bit that are, are three from nil with uh, with Oakhampton, uh, Western Supermare, who've been really strong, mm. Ivy Bridge, who've been really strong. So the league is all over the place. Oh, Oaks are going to be struggling because Gaz Evans and Richard Bolt, who would probably be stalwarts of that team, were off yeah. on the Classic Lions tour to uh, France. Uh, is Bolt still playing? Yeah. Ricky Boaty, yes. Oh, yeah. And wow. Barn- Barnstable, who've been right up much higher. Yeah. Uh, they, they've only dropped one game, Brick and have dropped a couple so so it's really you know That's really tight league that is. And, and yeah it is yeah Matson Matson yeah Matson that was what we said yeah that was where you can go go and come out alive now. Uh, and then Regional 2 Tribute Southwest, which is uh, the league that Topsham were promoted into uh, this league last season. Yep. So uh, they had a great season last season. This one, they came in thinking, how are they going to do? Obviously, they're just up the road from us. They've done three from three. Absolutely fantastic. Simith, who I said I thought I had a harder start. They've done three from three as well. So nice. completely lied. Uh, Credington, uh, another win from them. Three from two. Some of these are really big scores as well. I mean, the... The big division between top and bottom here again. Well, there's a, there's quite a buzz at Sidmouth. There's there's been a lot of there's been a lot of commercial support, and obviously Chiefs ladies have got behind them. They're supporting them. Sean Moulton, who played for the Chiefs, is playing for them. Phil Dolman, when he's not climbing mountains, is that where Moulton's has gone? Is it? Yeah, oh. yeah, he's playing for them because uh, he was playing at Ealing. Yes, yeah. So he yeah. he retired from the pro game, but yep. what pleased me. Is he came he's played back. and he's come back. And, and he's yes. playing at seven, though. He's, not, he's a hooker, really, but yeah. uh, but he's playing sort of six or seven. Well, or, it's, like, or, it's like Sam Matavesi plays hooker at elite level, but then when he goes down, he plays back row for the Navy and mm-hmm. what have you. So Talking of front rowers, I, <laughs> I had a bit of a, not like a conversation with a player recently. And um, he, I said to him, I, I need you to do this, this, this and this, because the pitches at the moment are not are not what I'm looking for. And he looked me up and down. He said, "The pictures you're looking for." Well, we we talk about scrums. You right. say front rows. Oh, you want certain pictures. Yeah, don't hinge. Yeah. Head, head above hips and so on and Elbows so forth. High. So I, I won't go into the intricacies of that. And he looked me up and down, bless him. And he said, "I'm sorry, miss, but with all the respect in the world, have you ever?" scrummaged four times on the bounce uh, and I said to him I said listen do I look like I've ever stuck my head in a scrum uh, and he said no I said I get what you're saying but we kind of got to work together on this one you are here you are an elite level official before a game do you do you speak to everyone in the team individually no. do you speak to groups of players no. what, what conversations do you have uh, as a referee, we have got uh, a semi-sort of legal thing that we've got to speak to the front rowers about safety and things like that, so on and so is forth. That like, is that like an aeroplane taking off? You have to say the same thing every week? A, a little bit like that, yeah. But um, I tend to use that time there just to say these are the, the things that I'm looking for. So I might say, look, I've looked at footage from last time. I've done my research. For me, I'm looking for this, this, this and this. If you want dominance, I'm looking for this. And so they know where, where you're pitching it then. 
Um, I've seen referees in the past, um, not at the elite game, but but sort of community level, will bring whole teams in, have conversations. <laughs> but but the difficulty is, is that they've heard it so many times. It's they're going tough. through the motions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you can give, deliver them a specific message and say specifically. This is the the piece of information I need is, you to pay so attention to. So you get frustrated to. if you say, you know, I want elbows high and first scrum tight head tucks in. I just told you. <laughs> you do. You go back to and you say, that's not what we agreed in the changing room. Yeah. So you you have that in your armory, and again, you you don't want to teach them to how to suck eggs because, quite frankly, no, I have not stuck my head in a front row. I have not stuck my head in a scrum. But I've learned things from an outsider. So I'm saying from an outsider and as a referee and through the laws of the game, these are the things that I'm looking for. And it'll be a maximum about three, four things. That's it. The rest of it, I'll just tell them at the line out, I'll put you on a defensive mark. So they know then, right? The mark is not for the both of us to then step off. It's yeah. for me to stand I, on. I, I have no... I've, I've always done the same because yeah. I've liked being refereed defensive mark because yeah. you go, there's defensive mark, you stand there, you set the gap however you want it. Yep. And then all of a sudden they set this massive gap and you go, you know a gap that size is very unlikely that it's going to go straight. <laughs> well, this is the thing. And you, you say to them, because a lot of teams now want to play tempo and they want, or they want to play at their tempo and they control it. So if I step in as a referee and I turn around and say well no I've got to organise this 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 and this I take all your pace out of it I take all your momentum away so what I do is I put it back onto the players and say you want that momentum fine you dictate that but you have to do it within the laws of the game so I don't get involved. Please use the laws. There's lots of people currently going on about, oh, the rules are confusing. The game has laws. No, laws, laws. laws. So you talked about pictures, and of course, well, you don't know about these things until you learn to referee. So it's a classic. You turn to look, uh, check no one's offside. All of a sudden, you turn around, and there's oh, a new, hell is there's a new body <laughs> on the floor, and its hips are completely pointing out on an angle. That picture is wrong. You know full well that person did not come through that gate. Uh, so Someone's up in the air and their arms, instead of being bowed slightly towards the middle of the line out, they're slightly upright or they're bowed to the left. You don't know that ball's not straight, just the picture of those arms are wrong, so you know the ball's not straight. So there's all those things you learn as a referee that it's just like the picture isn't right. So angling in, all of a sudden hips disappear and all of those things. And you don't really know what's going on, but the picture you know in your head isn't how it should look or how it should be. Yeah, look, it's a dark art at the front rowers, isn't it? And I think most of them will tell you. Weird. I've never. I've never. That's your saying. No, loose heads are okay. Hookers are mad. Tight heads are horrible. Yeah. Well, you can say that because you you've played. Yeah. Like most of my most of my close friends are tight head props Mm. from playing, but they're all weird, strange people. I I think they've they've got a very difficult job to do. And hookers have got no escape. When you're bound up as a hooker, if it goes wrong, you're going head first into the ground. Yeah. Tight head, you can put hand out. Loose head, you can put hand out. And second rows are only because you weren't. Good enough to catch and pass at eight. <laughs> oh, mate, entirely. Every time I played in the back row, I got injured. The, the universe is like, you're not a back row. I think the universe has told you a few things in your time, Chris, and you've <laughs> yeah. not listened. Yeah, so anyway, local rugby, back to the uh, new now, but unfortunately, you know, they've been falling down through the leagues and they're struggling at the at the bottom. We're only three games in, so it's a long way to go, but, you know, three games into the yeah, season. Now that we're almost the, my adopted team, they've got one hell of a pizza takeout. 
oh my god then there's a club yeah. can we just t- touch on this because um, Topsham at the moment are hosting Canada while they're over here as a training facility mm-hmm. um, which I think is is unbelievable for the club and the exposure of the club as well and its facilities off the field <laughs> we're looking at rugby off the here field here we go and there are the, the Red Roses are playing a test match against Canadia, the Can- Canadian Canadian Canadians uh, so Coxie talk about the Canadians well, well no, no I was just saying about Topsham um, it's great that they're hosting an international team because what's that like for, for the community there and people and the vibe around them but I went past the other day on a, on a Sunday it was full of juniors full and there's kids everywhere there's like loads and loads of stuff going on as a club I love it I love that feel that they've got I love that community I do wish in the winter that their pitch wasn't quite as as boggy as it as it can be I think they'd probably benefit from an artificial pitch so you, you can see Topsham because you drive right past it on the road exactly the same yep. is going on at Exmouth at Sidmouth yes, yep. at, at Newton Albert at Ivy Bridge the, the junior se- sections oh, of these clubs amazing. are absolutely Saracens. huge Saracens, Saracens yeah where I first started playing believe yeah. it or not I did play rugby despite Despite what some people say, mm. <laughs> well, just not in the scrum. You've never watched a game in your life. <laughs> <laughs> you've been to Specsavers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all these junior clubs everywhere. Because Canada used to stay at Woodbury Park, and there's a pitch at Woodbury Park that uh, that we use sometimes. Really? Yeah. And they trained there, or they trained at the Marine Camp. There's another a decent pitch at the Marine Camp. I know camp, England so. did both of those as well. Um, how, how important is it that the Chiefs have, have secured another international at Sandy Park? Oh, amazing! And and as well, they're one of the um, World Cup venues mm-hmm. that that in itself and hopefully this this weekend they'll get near on full in in the ground um because people love it and everybody that i've spoken to they're they're oh you go into the game on saturday mm-hmm. you go in, like fantastic but these are families this different demographic that are going in and what tickets are going for about 10 quid at the moment mm-hmm. for oh, an adult? great value isn't it oh unbelievable you can take the whole family for yeah. call it 50 quid yeah. and then you've got a little bit of spending money as well and you've had a great afternoon out watching some fantastic have got, rugby have we got any chiefs girls in the england mix both both in Canada and and in so the Canadians have got um, Emily Tutosi, isn't it? Emily Tutosi, yeah. um, Delika. Uh, they've Delica got in the tight head. Yeah, they've yeah. got um, Alex Tessier, who's just signed this season. Right. Um, England have got Claudia McDonald in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got these these. She again, just got engaged, didn't she? To a she teammate. did. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that's very cute. Bless them. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to give us a really good report next week from that game. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try. Are you going, Chris? <laughs> I am planning on not being there. <laughs> so no is the no. answer. No, why are you planning on not being because there? Because last weekend we had a housewarming, um, which incidentally you two both came to briefly. We did. Um, well, I was there for quite yeah, a long time. You were there quite then a long time. Then you were stayed you, in your caravan, didn't you? You, stayed, you? <laughs> you left and you stayed in your caravan, and then Coxie Stop waited till everybody was there so the trumpeteers could announce her arrival. I stayed no, in my motorhome around the corner. you decided on that. Yeah. And there was a full thunderstorm. Oh my oh, gosh, yes, wasn't it just? Very, very frightening. I was in my motorhome <laughs> by myself. I didn't have my wife to go, Catherine, I'm scared. Um, uh, and yeah, and I got up, it was like six or half six in the morning. I thought, oh no. So I breathalyzed myself and uh, and I was low. So it would all, all out my system because I didn't drink too much because mm. I drank responsibly. That's a new brand of cider. And, uh, and, and I drove back. <laughs> Because I was scared by myself in my mind at home. I woke up. up to a clap of thunder, yeah. giggled to myself and went, 
danced his bucket in his caravan. In his caravan. Right. And his, what is it, his Skylink outside. Yeah, I wasn't there. So I'm not going either. I'm playing golf in Poles Nest this weekend. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Are you a golfer, are you? Oh, not, no. not really. No, unfortunately, I'm a, I'm a divorced dad and my daughter will go with mum instead because uh, she's very excited to go. And she's, she's really enthused by... Um, Love that. Um, but the other thing is as well, the, the accessibility, both teams will be available and, and the Canadians as North Americans understand sports promotion, spend time, make sure everybody's well looked after. Um, who's going to win the game though, Coxie? I don't know at England. the moment. You're going for England, are I'm you? I'm a patriot. Yeah, well, these, this, this is what... 2v4 right. in the world so so how many opportunities do you get to watch 2v4 at a reasonable price in your own town in your own town yeah like I think and, and big credit again I've got I've gone over this before but big credit to Exeter City Council and to Sandy Park as well and the, the teams there getting these games here mm. I think I, th- I think it's brilliant and it can only get better and better for the community because mm. I think it's giving people a buzz it's giving something new into into the city because well we are at the end of the motorway at the end of the day aren't we so we need something to do yeah fair play and then finally in the bin uh, have you guys been following the the, 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 the the saga that's at Wasps and Worcester? And and it would appear that the Atlas group that had the ownership of Worcester had taken a loan from the owner of Wasps and haven't been able to pay back the loan, so the owner of Wasps now owns Worcester. And was it all a conspiracy theory that they were just put as a shell up front beforehand? Yes, I don't know if we can talk of about course it, it was. Is, is, Absolutely. There's, there's, there's legal bits and bobs with this, but from from my perspective, it does seem a bit... It's all about these P-shares, isn't it? And it's all about actually being there. And once you have a, a, a Prem club and you have some funding, it, it can, in theory, become a business rather than a, a trade well, set the, the, or the, a the hobby. P, the P-share is a share of the broadcast revenue. So when mm-hmm. the deal is done, you get, well, it's now 10% of the broadcast revenue given to you every year. Well, it'd be 11%. Uh, sorry, uh, 10% because there's 100 clubs. There's 10 clubs. What, are, wow. what is coming out There's of your mouth clubs. right There's now? A broad, do a broadcast deal with the broadcaster and they get their percentage share of that every year. Right, so okay. when, when I was at Chiefs, it was a fair few million pounds was given to you because of the broadcast deal. So oh. that's your P-share money. So you get oh, that yeah. because you're part of the premiership. And huh. teams, when they go into the premiership, have to pay to get P-shares. Yeah. And when they pay, that is distributed amongst the other clubs. So it, it's, it's to, all to, it, to all intents, it's a It's cartel. a big boys club, and it's, it's trying to, you, you try and get into it, and, and it's a lot harder hold than it should be. Shares, yeah. Exactly. So, look, would it be great to have another team back into the league again? If it's Worcester Wasps, but, it, but how would you how would you feel if um, Exeter Chiefs became Exeter Argyle and played in Plymouth? Well, they wouldn't be there, would they? So it's just no, the but, owners. But, but, this is, but, this but it's, not, it's this not the players. If you're going to have Worcester gonna... Wasps, if you're going to take the brand of Wasps, so no, it would be Chiefs, wouldn't it? You'd become Plymouth Chiefs. But you, so you that, think that's what's that going to happen? You think with... they're going to become the Wus- Worcester Wasps? Well, Wasps is the brand. That's they've easy for moved... you to say. I can't even say it. Like they've you moved, can't even move from London. They move. No, I can't. They've moved from <laughs> London to Coventry, and now look, looks like Coventry to the uh, West Midlands. Have you have you been in Worcester Stadium? It's lovely. Yeah. Amazing. It's a great stadium. Yeah. It is really, really good. Yeah, I think so. But it, it, it's just, I was just keen to see if any of you had any inflections on it. I suppose we've got to be a little bit careful. But... You are the Twitter warrior of the three of us, and yeah. I have not seen no, I'm, any I'm of the, this. No, I'm the rugby media consumer. Some listen, of the, some of the stuff Danny, you put Danny, on. I listened to Danny Cipriani with um, Jim Hamilton. I did as well, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think you've, you've got a player that is very different to oh. other players like his oh. brain works very differently if you haven't listened to listen to the Big Jim podcast with Danny Zibriani 
fascinating listening. It's very cool. And they said, I had that great year at Bath because I decided I wouldn't tell the coaches how to do it. So I just enjoy my time with the Academy boys. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Yeah. I find that yeah, fascinating. I'm coming. I'm just coming at this with love, though. I've yeah, just but got flawed genius. All geniuses have to be slightly flawed. Yeah. I, I think he's a phenomenal rugby player. Isn't well, that's he? why. Yeah. Because obviously he's, he's, he's a bit still looking odd. for a club at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, but, but he was looking for a club when he ended up at Sale because okay. everybody know it's well. It's a common secret. He's a disruptive individual. How long it takes to catch up with himself? Mm. It's a difficult mm. one. Interesting, but yeah, back to to the Wasps Worcester thing. I have not followed any of that. I didn't even know what was happening. Okay, until you it's said the business about of rugby. It. Look, I, I'm a rugby nose. I consume it all. I find it very interesting. I, I do. I do look at some of your your tweets and some of the things that you comment on, and I'm like, oh my god, this man has got too much time. In his oh, hands. we'll talk off air about one of the things that. Just, <laughs> oh my gosh, like. Genuinely, and I'm, I'm trying to conflate and understand. I, I at do, CC Bentos, if you want the X-rated, at CC Bentos. I, on I do giggle Don't though. Me, his just, just his reach is very low. Well, you want to conflate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Look, it's been a lovely pod. The Rugby World Cup's going on. There's some big games this weekend. Um, any other business, Ian? Uh, no, I think we've done really well not to talk about Razors and the Titanic this week, so that's yeah. cool. Coxie, any other business from you? No, sir. That's episode seven of Two Locks and a Cox. Thank you for tuning in. Next time we've got Don Armand, England international and Chiefs legend with us, and Coxie has pulled an absolute coup. Rachel Johnson, American international, will be coming on very soon. If you'd like to be on the pod or you'd like to engage with us, brad at radiox.co.uk is the email. We'd love local rugby clubs to get involved. We want to hear your stories, your tales. Other than that, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Two locks and a cox. Hello, I'm Tom Johnson, and I love two locks and a cox. Two locks and a cox.